Like, I'm always weary of people I see running in airports. Like, I'm always concerned about what chain of events led to you being in this predicament where running through an airport with some of your most valued possessions is your go-to option. Like, how poorly did you plan? How how little effort or how little pushback did you give to the person at the help desk who wouldn't reschedule your flight so you wouldn't be caught running through I have been in an airport more than I've been uh, in my own bed this week. And anytime I see someone running in an airport, I immediately think, why are you what like... <laughs> Welcome, welcome to another episode of the Identity Booth. We in here. We back for more. It's late as hell, but I got good energy for my last podcast, so I'm gonna keep it going and tell you guys about some travel stories. This is that's right. We got some. We got some story time with Hero, and story time with Hero will consist of me talking about me traveling and me going to the airports that I've been to, and just some of the things I saw, I saw while I was in the airport that I found comical. Maybe you guys found it comical. But before we dive in, uh, like, share, subscribe. You guys know the routine. If you are watching this. If you made it this far, why aren't you subscribed? Why haven't you told a friend? Like, seriously, I know you got friends. Help me. Think of me. Okay, people? So, we're going to get into this. And we're going to talk about, like, hero just in travel situations. The travel situations that I've been part of. And I think it's fair to say I don't like traveling. Especially since I have to do it so much. And the reason why I have to do it so much is because my employers pay for me to do it. Shout out to my employer for letting me uh, send myself to homecoming um, instead of me going out to going all the way back to fucking Little Rock or wherever the hell I had to go. Or no, going back to Baltimore or even back to Toronto and then coming to homecoming in Little Rock. So, you know. The, the the employer being a good employer that's why i travel i travel a lot more on private jets than i do commercial and i don't like traveling commercial because i don't like i'm six five i'm 300 pounds i'm just big i'm just all i'm never comfortable with someone sitting next to me unless it's just a fine girl and it doesn't even have to be a fine girl it just has to be someone that obeys one of the three laws one let the arm rest up that's three inches of space we both could be using. Two, no, no names, no don't, no names. We can exchange history and stories. I'm always going to lie to you about what I'm doing in whatever city I'm in because I just think that's, like, I don't know you, but it's just make yourself seem interesting. But I get it. Uh, people want to know what you're traveling for. And then three, uh, one bathroom break per flight. And if one person gets up to go, you have to get up and go with them. Don't make me get up twice. Okay? Bathroom breaks together. Because I always sit in the aisle so I can stretch my legs out. But anyway, uh, let's talk about uh, some of the, uh, one of the inter- interesting like situations I got found myself in while I was on a plane was uh, on Delta. I, I flew Southwest Delta. And United for one of the flights. 
uh, and then I had a private jet for another flight, but that was work related. But the mind your business, like it's so important to mind your business at a, at a, at a, at an airport, because one of the things they say throughout your time in airports since 2000, since 9-11 is if you see something, say something. See someone acting suspicious, everyone in the airport looks suspicious. Who would willingly put themselves in a mechanical box being propelled through over 300 miles per hour in the air? We're all weird. See something, say something. I still have to take my shoes off at the fucking check-in. I can't bring my Aisha sauce through check-in. Is That's what we gave up? Freedom for our freedom? I hate you all. But people are the people are either a little less entitled, feel a little, little less entitled to talk back or stand up for themselves in situations where they're being mistreated by the airlines because they don't want to, they think the airlines will ban them from ever flying again. No, you just don't get to fly with them. Don't get to put on a no-fly list for speaking up for being mistreated by airline. That's how you get your dumbass catch your dumbass running. Running, run, why are you? Why are you running? I've never seen it. Anytime I see someone running to be, catch a plane, but by the time I walk and catch up to them, because you know I'm an adult and I plan my life accordingly, I catch up to them, and you just see him slumped over in that Michael Jordan pose, like uh, games, uh, game six when he was sick. He's just slumped over, breathing heavy, <laughs> and they they can't talk. The plane's already gone, and they just look ridiculous. You look dumb, or God forbid, you fall. And I saw someone fall. You know those little quick walk past things? Somebody was running on that, thinking to himself, he's a genius. He's covering good ground. But the rule about getting onto that thing is you you got to be quick on, slow off. Because your your body, if, unless you're an athlete, your body won't adjust to that speed, that speed drop off. It, it's the situation where you see people running, where people think like just because they know how to run fast that they'll just be able to run fast on the dime so like when you see people jump on treadmills that's what happens to these people and it's so funny i saw a guy fall and he just fell and he just he's just on his knees sobbing as he's putting his underwear in his and you pack all your life into those fucking little carry-on things and it's clear some of you guys didn't pass geometry or shapes in grade school because you guys be trying to fit the most oddly weird shaped carry on things into those overhead bins and just struggle day in day two don't if you can't pick up your th- luggage you shouldn't be carrying it so, on southwest there's no reason why anyone should ever have a carry-on bag they let you have two free bags they let you do check bags at the gate leave your shit at the gate oh i don't want to wait 10 three minutes L- literally the 10 minutes that they think they're about to make up They literally beat me. They don't ever beat me to the baggage claim. They never beat me to leaving the airport. Granted, I'm a I'm a little bit more of a finesse person. I wear comfortable stuff. Like I just know how to move around airports. But it's just weird seeing people fail at being an adult inside of airports. But back to this mind your business lady. I was sitting in my, you know, my comfort plus seat. Delta, shout out. I'm really starting to like Delta. I I get why I pay extra now. Peasants, economy class, 
I know I'm playing. I will be on Southwest in a heartbeat. I fly Southwest. I'm flying Southwest back to Chicago. Look for me October 24th. Don't say I didn't tell you. Watch the podcast, ho. I was, I, I knew I wanted Comfort Plus C because I was going to do, it was the week after homecoming. I was going to be tired. I wanted to sleep. And that's exactly what those seats let me do. Sleep. Extra knee space, a little wider. It's perfect. I can sit next to three fat people and still feel spacious. I love it. But I have this horrible syndrome, not even a syndrome. I think it's my Achilles heel because getting onto a plane, I fall asleep immediately. I don't know what it is about planes. I fall asleep immediately. And that's what happened for this situation. But like, I want to be comfortable. So I let my seat back. I, I try and let my seat back. Or I try and sneak it because I got such a big chest, big body. Sometimes flight attendants don't notice it. But this time, I got caught not only by the first flight attendant. I got caught by the second flight attendant. And then I got caught by the third flight attendant. And at this point, you know, I'm just like, damn, Delta is because the Comfort Plus section is part of the first class section. So they have their own personal, like, flight attendant. So they're like sticklers. Like, if they even think you are about to say something, they'll run to you. Delta has great service on their flights. And I think that's why they didn't put, like, nag me too much. But, like, it was just, like, come on, guys. I Just get me in the fucking air. And the reason why we couldn't get in the air is because some dude it bought his bought his plane ticket for four, his four kids and his his wife and didn't know that he had to select his seats. So his two-year-old kids are sitting up in front while his wife is sitting in the middle and his dumb ass is in the back with the other two kids. And I was just looking. Like, so we were asking people to change seats with us. And it's just like, you how do you not know how to adult, man? You're that, you're, you, the one who planned this trip, you have four kids. You are responsible for four kids that are going to grow up to be just as idle as you now. I don't get it, but I can't, I can't stress enough. Let's get back to this manual business kid. Because now I've been called three times with my seat back before the plane takes off. And the rule is, the secret is, once they push back from the gate, they stop moving. So that's when you can bring your iPod back out. Because I don't, I put my phone on airplane mode just because I don't want it draining my battery. Like, if you're searching, it drains the most battery because it's spending a lot of its RAM and network to try and find you a service, serviceable link. So I just turn off them. But like, when they're talking about, oh, okay, put your suit trade back and all that stuff. Yeah, once they go sit down, they won't move again to the fl- to the plane is already at altitude. And by that time, it's okay for you to have that stuff out. So that's what you had to wait for. But I was too sleepy to remember that. And I got to the point where, okay, cool. We're pushing back. Everything's perfect. I'm about to go ahead and slide back here. And I let my seat back. And I hear this. My eyes are closed. I have my sunglasses on. I hear it again. And this old white lady sticks her face in between the cracks, between the seats from behind and says, excuse me, sir. Excuse me, sir. You're not supposed to have your seat back. And, and I, and I didn't know. I, I could tell like this wasn't a big deal. But I was gonna make it. I was gonna make it one. I immediately assessed that she had a adolescent teenager, a lot of angst in him. I could see it in his face. Wanna why? Because I was him. 
Looks like he wanted a few tattoos. Tried to get his ears pierced. They were super red. Didn't work out in his favor. His mom is holding him back. I Kid, I know your mom's holding you back. And I hope what I said next gave you some liberation. I said, I said, I said, and he had a little brother, probably eight or nine. He had a, he had a stuffed doll with him. A very strange stuffed doll. Had the head of Buzz Lightyear, but it was a teddy bear. Don't act. I, I don't get it. Is that something they sell? Is that a Halloween thing? Anyway, I look I look at the kid. I can tell. You, you've had it up to here with your mom. I can tell. And I, I, I implore you, continue to be a good son and do your best. But forever remember this and and I just remember kind of looking at him and just locking eyes with him and just kind of just imploring him to just be, be like hey man in this world we live in with so much so much stuff going on it's imperative that you mind your fucking business I said it just like mind your fucking business you think I don't know I'm not supposed to have my seat back, ho. Like, I got caught three times. And it's that it's that thing about you see something, say something bullshit. And now this bullshit getting you cursed out in front of your son. Shut the fuck up. No one cares. No one cares. And I hear you guys screaming out, but Hero, it's obviously a rule because it's important. You're right. Having your seat back up is super important when you're landing. Because when you're stopping, you're, you're pushing your G-force forward. You don't want your head to be close to it. Got it. You know what happens when you take off? It is acceleration. G-force pushes you back. Your head will be further away from it than at any other point in the day. Oh, but Hero, what if something happens and they have to make an emergency landing? Guess what? They'll make that announcement and I'll act accordingly. But I promise you. You're not worried about the seat being back if you're about to hit the fucking ground going well over 400 miles per hour. Seat back tray ain't gonna save you. Seat belts ain't gonna save you. Name 10 people that survived an airplane crash. Yeah. That's what I thought. Mind your motherfucking business, lady. She was so angry. The dude next to me was like, I fell asleep. The dude next to me was like, when I woke up for three seconds, like, hey, man, hey, man, hey, man. He was so happy. This white dude was so happy to snitch on this white lady. <laughs> He's like, hey, man, she snitched on you. I said, what the flight attendant say? He was like, uh, she was like, was it back when we took off? He's like, yeah. And she was like, okay, if anything else happens out of the ordinary, let me know, okay? And she walked off. And, you know, kudos to that flight attendant. Because she was in the economy and I was in Comfort Plus. Comfort Plus isn't first class, y'all. I'm talking high mighty. I'm really a middle class. I'm Comfort Plus is middle class. And and if you look at a if you look at the structure of a of a Delta airline, the top one percent is first class. Middle class is the smallest, and then economy is the low is is the is lower or impoverished group. That is the American structure on a fucking plane. Delta figured it out. It's a hierarchy. Hear me out. And and she just was like, he could be the next 
first class person and you know first class people get emailed surveys they get point reviews and they get the pictures of the people on the plane to review them so they know i'm forgetting your face bitch like if you say some shit to me out of out of turn you gonna get fired because i'm paying five thousand dollars to sit on your bum ass plane but she didn't escalate it which i think is smart because if she had woke me up and was like sir sir is it true that you let your seat back before takeoff, I would have been like, no, I didn't. Well, this lady said you did. Well, now I said I didn't. So now what? Well, she has corroborating witnesses. Fuck them witnesses. Fuck them witnesses. Is this court? Are you a judge? Do you come from the... Do you fuck with the Vikings? Leave me alone. I'm already in the air. You can't, I can't get in trouble until I'm already at the place that I belong. And at that point, I can just walk away. What you gonna do? There's nothing you could have done to me. So kudos on that flight attendant for just being smart. Unlike that other lady. And people out there, mind your fucking business. Especially if it's somebody that don't look like you. Mind your motherfucking business. I do what I want. But then... Like, not even, the day be, my first day of travel was on Wednesday. And there's something about kids. I like, I like kids a lot. Because they're the realest, they're, they're the realest representation of our society. Based on what's happening with kids, you can tell a lot about a society. There was, they, but you're, we're also very protective of kids, but we're also very hesitant to protect kids. Point of example. There was a kid running in the airport he was running far enough from someone else like it was imagine like rush hour transit time and it, it like think of the home alone scene when macaulay Culkin was like trying to get through through all those people to keep up with his mom and his dad before he got lost it was like that like that kid was running so far because when you see a kid running usually four or five steps behind the kid is a parent but this kid was literally gone and and then you see the parent come and it's this poor mother who who has come, ran into a rare situation because I remember my parents being superhuman to the extent that they could catch me. They had cat-like reflexes and they had pinpoint accuracy. Every picture in the MLB is a fucking fraud. No batter's gonna hit nothing my mama throwing over that plate. She's a beast. She is a beast. I'm calling fraud on all those bitches at the major league level. Because how? How was my mom so good at that? But besides my my mom could catch me as a kid. This lady could not catch her kid. And I feel like that is not fair. I feel like that is God spiting her for something. (laughs) Like, what did you do to earn yourself a four by four relay runner for a kid? This kid was gone. Like, she was legitimately a good 100 to 90 feet in front of her. And the only reason why I could tell that this mother was struggling is because you could hear the rumbling. It sounded like she had pots and pans. She was dropping breast pump things. Like, she was clearly a new mother. And, you know, people saw this in development they saw it happening but because people are so afraid to like get in trouble for doing something to a kid 
They don't do anything. And literally, this was like, if this was a kid running into the street, I wonder what people's reaction would have been. Because this was a kid running freely in the airport, and no one even batted an eye. Oh, I forgot, I, I forgot to put on my button. I got this from... I got this from Elena. Elijah's popcorn. It's popping popcorn by Elijah. He was so mad. Look at this picture. He was so mad I picked him up like a little kid. He, he's, he's such a big boy now. He got so mad I picked him up like a little kid. Like he didn't, I don't know, like when, you, when, you're, when you're a little boy and you're trying to be grown up and you're, you're tough and a guy like me, just a monster, look at how I'm laughing at him for, be, for wanting to be tough. Elijah, I love you, man. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to make you look... I, I didn't mean to make you not be a big, tough guy. I'm sorry. Forgive me, okay? Um, and where was I? Oh, yeah. So I, I, I find a way to, like, get in front of this kid, right? I get in front of this kid, and immediately, the kid... Like, kids' per death perception... And their angst, and you could tell this kid just knew his mother wasn't gonna catch him, so he was just he was just reeling in it. He was just loving the fact that his, it was like watching a, a dog run away with your phone, and it's still recording, and it's just the dog is loving the fact that you're chasing him. He thinks it's a game, and he understands that by him having the phone, you'll continue to chase him. The kid will have more fun. Same thing with the kid. I felt, but the kid ran into me because I saw that this was stuck, and no one was going to do anything about it. And he was getting far enough away that I would be concerned as a mother or even as a parent like that's just too much and you can tell she clearly needs help so I, I i don't physically touch the kid i just walk within his path and because i'm such a massive person the kid probably felt like overwhelmed like why are you so big and he doesn't stop smiling but he does realize like the gig is up and with, within seconds i give him like this this glare like i give bad kids glares in 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 like in like stores and supermarkets when they're acting out of place and it's just like you're only safe because your mother likes you more than i like am willing to bear you for like i'll put up with your bullshit kid but it's only because there's people watching i don't know how i'm gonna act when i have kids but Maybe even a little bit more like a days of suicide because I beat kids. I beat your kid. If you put your kid next to my kid, and you, I, my kid doing something bad, your kid getting beat too. You're like, but my kid didn't do anything. But your kid watch my kid do it. Your kid don't got no moral ethics. You should be able to step in and be like, hey, this sounds like something that your dad would whoop your ass for. So let me just no. And the kid immediately kind of, he, he slumps over and it's just like he kind of had a second to just let his life come back to him. And without missing a beat, this kid throws up everywhere. <laughs> he throws up like the, <laughs> just, he just opens it and he, he sees this on the floor in this on his sh shirt and he wants to cry. And as he starts to, <laughs> <laughs> he starts throwing up again <laughs> and I'm sitting here I'm like oh no how bad does this look I'm standing the closest to the kid and he's throwing up so I just back away but the mother finally catches up and she just drops to her knees and she just lowers her head and just starts crying 
a full grown cry, a, a full grown adult cry. The cry you give after a long day, you got a ticket, you found out that your uh, check to your your rent didn't clear. You, fucking long day. And you just see a conjugation of uh, of elder mothers, grandmothers, great grandmothers, second moms, third moms come to her aid. Women are so loving. Women love so well. Oh, to know the touch of a woman is to truly be blessed. Ah, oh, they came and helped her. And that shit was good. But, you know, based on the smell and the consistency of the of the vomit, she gave that kid sugar. She set herself up for that L. And you know that's a first-time mother. She bribed the kid. All right, I'm going to give you the ice cream, but you got to sit still. Bitch, you guess it. You was wrong. <laughs> you don't bribe kids. You beat kids. And then you bribe them to stop crying. That's the way you do it. Ice cream tastes good after an ass whooping. <laughs> and then finally, the social experiment I was actually like interested in, which was the Delta had oversold. <coughs> Delta had over, bless me. Delta had oversold one of their flights. So they were by four and the next flight wasn't until tomorrow at 6 a.m. So automatically, if you guys don't know this, this is this is my social experiment. But if you don't know this, let me put you on game. When Delta and them oversell flights, if the flight doesn't leave the ground because they have to figure out what's going to go by, like their rules and regulations basically state that they can give you almost anything. The most I've seen someone receive for one of these for, to give up their seat on a flight is 13K. But they also have the they also reserve the right to uh, pull things off, and I called Jay immediately to kind of get a refresher on this, and he kind of told me like how it goes. Like, so they'll go to the person at the bottom of the list who paid the least amount for his ticket, and offer them the most to get off. But like in a situation like this, where there's a lot of people, and probably a lot of them are paid have paid similar amount, you have to go to like a bidding war. So they started off 6 a.m. flight tomorrow. No housing, no, no, no meal form, no nothing. Just $400, $400 voucher from Best Buy, Amazon, or Visa Express. No one budges. And I say to myself, like, you know, good on, good on us. Good on society for not letting the fucking man break our spirit. Little did I know how weak the, the human spirit really is. The, the corporations got us dead to rights because people, they fucking love money. We talking about the dollars. People will, people will break under money. They will succumb to greed in a heartbeat. He didn't go up 600. He didn't even go up 800. My man's went up $100. And offered these motherfuckers a dinner voucher to Chili's. And two people stood up and said, yeah, sign me up. $500 vouchers to Chili. Bitch, you're stuck in Atlanta. (laughs) 
So this lady starts talking like, wow, I can't believe people are so fickle. And I was like, and one of my friends gave me perspective on this. The person who made that for me. Wait, no, that for me. Thanks. Um, some people just, you know, I was I was willing to take that risk. Because some people are like, oh, okay, I paid $400 for the ticket. I'm getting $500 for it and a free dinner. That's good enough for me. Or, ooh, I wanted to buy this this laptop and I needed $400 or $500. Perfect. Sign me up. The The problem is short, short-term goals are designed for long-term goals. If your short-term goals don't add up to long-term goals, they're not good short-term goals. I want to buy a laptop to start a business. Great. I want to buy a laptop because my old one broke. You got the game fucked up. Run run that shit to the to the grave. Does it turn on? Oh, it's a little slow. Got some viruses. They got shit for that to fix your computer. Don't don't keep buying the newest Apple whatever. You buying Apple laptops, they have one USB connector. I hate you. But at that point, I, the, the, the next announcement they were going to make, I said to myself, I will stand up and tell no one to budge until they make the offer $1,000. I was going to stand up and because you need a leader in that situation or the weak will crumble your foundation. And it was it little did I know I was already too late because as I was I was building a congregation, he gets back on the mic and he says, all right, guys, uh, we'll now be offering $600, a voucher for dinner, a voucher for breakfast, and a room to stay in. We'll give you transportation to get there and back. And 10, 20 people ran to the front. And I just yelled out with pure disgust, cowards, you know not what you had. And I talked to Jay and confirmed this. Like, they'll give up as much as they have to because that that flight is worth hundreds of thousands of dollars. So if that flight doesn't take place, they lose all that money, all that fuel, the hours of those staff working, all of that mechanics, all of that, the operating out of that airport, they lose all of that. So them paying 13 k to get someone off is chicken change. Know your worth. And if you don't know your worth, look around you. See some people with business suits on. You see some people with, with, with some impressive clothes on. You see some people, scholarships. You see some people with educations. They got the glasses, make it look smart. Follow their lead. They're clearly doing something you're not. And now you're probably thinking, well, hero, you dress like a bum at the airport and you're pretty successful. Yeah, it's an illusion. I don't want anyone to think I'm more important than I really am, especially not at an airport. Because you know what happens when people think you're important and you're at an airport and you're big and black? They think you're an athlete, which I am, but I'm not here to sign your autographs, kid. I hated that shit when I was in Toronto, by the way. I'm 6'5". For you to be a decent basketball player, you gotta be like 6'7". Anyone my height in the NBA can run a 4'3", and they weigh 150 pounds. But those are my stories, guys. It's kind of late. Delivery probably wasn't strong. But you can tell me all about that shit in the comment section below. 
or you can share this with somebody who you think might find it funny. And these are all the magical places you can find my podcast. Check them out. Let me know what you think. Like, share, subscribe. You know the whole ordeal. Thank you for joining me in the booth. My name is Hero, as always. This is the Identity Booth. Fucking live. Live for this. Man, I had such a great time last week. But I'll see you guys next week. Oh. Now, 216. The boy is back.